0: Hi, survivors and thrivers! Welcome to another episode of the Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Laura, and as promised today, I am talking about the cult Nexium, and specifically, I want to highlight—or rather, shame—its leader, Keith Ranieri, and. I want to just give you guys a couple of thoughts before I get into this, and it's going to be kind of a different episode than what I've done before, so I just wanted to let you know that the goal of this episode is to relate how this one person, Keith Raniere, exhibits the classic signs of narcissism and also how he affected so many people on the deepest levels and really throughout this series that i'm doing on cults i want to highlight the damage that is done by people like this i'm using cults as an example because i think that they are a popular um topic especially in true crime podcasts not that this is a true crime podcast But it's just something that a lot of people know about. But I also think that people are not as aware as they need to be about how these groups get started and how they really can happen on a small scale. Like I said in the last episode, this can happen just as a one-to-one person situation. Uh, And in this particular example, it was a very large group of people But my goal is not to really dive into a lot of the things that other podcasts do, like the way that this cult was run and the practices that were, uh, you know, used in this cult to manipulate people. I'm going to go into it a little bit. But there are other podcasts that you guys can listen to if you really want the nitty gritty details about this stuff. And I would highly recommend listening to them. They're really well done and respectful of the victim's stories and not at all cringy like some true crime podcasts can be. So I would recommend uh, Escaping Nexium, and that is N-X-I-V-M. And then I would also recommend listening to Uncover Season 1, which is a CBC radio podcast based out of Canada. Um, I listened to both of these podcasts multiple times and just found myself amazed and appalled and enthralled. But like I said, they are done in a very respectful way, especially in regards to the victims. And they are not overly scripted or anything like that. I think you guys might really enjoy them. So, the first thing I'm going to do is actually start with a piece of audio from the docu series on HBO that covers this cult. It's called The Vow, and specifically I am using a lot of examples from episode 8 of that docu series, and that episode is called The Wound. And this episode really dives into what Keith taught about his views on men and women, how he manipulated others into treating people this way. And it kind of touches on his childhood, at least enough for us to kind of speculate. And I am just going to do my best to just break this down into simple terms because as you hear him speak, you will notice that he does have a charm about him and he can twist his words in a very clever way. And I think it's just going to be a really great tool to help us spot some red flags and things that you should be looking out for. Like I said, either in a one-on-one situation, um, like I said last episode, that can be, you know, just as harmful as a group that is going through this. So the first piece of audio from this docu-series that I want to focus on is Keith Ranieri talking about the wounds of our childhood and how these shape us to function in society a certain way. And specifically what he's talking about is is how little boys suffer from this inevitable wound of being these bearers of all this anger and basically that little boys do not experience protection and love in the same way that little girls do, is what he's essentially trying to say. And I'm going to play you a little clip of audio from this series to kind of uh, just get straight to the point.
1: But as men, we have a very direct wound. It's an ache, a hurt, a sadness. And maybe you can't even quite put your finger on it. But all the way back to the end, there was an inherent unfairness that we lived. This wound is something that is very deep and very emotional and something we have to come to grips with. Why? Because it can be the foundation of an anger and a hate towards women.
0: So it may seem obvious what he's doing there, but he is really taking his childhood pain and trauma, projecting it onto these people who prior to this forum that he has hosted and this group of people that he has formed, he has gained the trust and respect of all of these people. And, you know, now they have him on a pedestal. And now that they have him on a pedestal, he is going to project all of his insecurities and his wounds onto them, and because they've been conditioned in the way that they have, they are going to take these things as absolute truths. And this is just the classic tactical strategy of really any kind of cult or narcissistic uh, abuse situation is just getting the respect of others by charming them, by love bombing them, making them feel special. And then slowly over time, kind of wearing them down to the point that they just want to prove themselves to you. And at that point, you start to teach them how the world really works and how they need to be behaving in order to fit that world. And it is fascinating that the human psyche can be molded in this way. And that people are so blind to narcissism because it's so understudied and under discussed in just everyday life that they can get roped into these situations. And the next clip that I'm about to play is almost more disturbing than the last. And I, the more I listened to In preparation for this episode to these audio clips, the more it just really disgusted me that somebody could get away with this for so long. And I touched on this a little bit in the last episode, but he has been sentenced to 120 plus years in prison. On that list of things that he is found guilty of is slavery, actual slavery. And human trafficking and money laundering and just all sorts of things that are completely evil and heinous. And the fact that he roped so many people into this and specifically into these programs that I'm talking about where they are quote unquote studying men and women and how women should basically function in the world in order to tailor themselves to men and make the men happy all the time the fact that so many people could get roped into this my brain just can't even really wrap around it so the next clip i'm going to play i just want to give a little trigger warning because he says some really upsetting things and i just want to warn you that it may be hard to listen to
1: i'm gonna apologize ahead of time to all the women, because I'm going to really say things that are inflammatory. Is everyone okay with that? Now, all the women in here, do you understand? All right, I have to get in the right frame of mind for this. Do you understand why we hate you? Do you understand why your obnoxious bothers why all your little whining and complaining and all this, this garbage that you do and how much you, you think you do and it's just all a bunch of crap. Male perspective.
0: So what I want to focus on from that clip is not necessarily what he's saying because what he's saying is complete trash anyway. But I want to focus on the first, maybe five to 10 seconds of that clip where Keith says, I'm going to say some things that are inflammatory. Is that okay with you guys? And if you'll notice only about five people say, yes, he's not actually getting consent from everybody in that group. And then following that, he says, I have to get into the right frame of mind for this and he kind of like shakes himself a little bit if you guys watch the episode. What is so interesting about this is it is a just perfect example of gaslighting. He is apologizing before he even upsets anybody and he is Basically, trying to cop out prior, cop out of responsibility for what he's saying prior to even saying it. And it's framed in this program as we're going to teach men how women really are and we're going to teach women how men really are and it's going to be this groundbreaking you know experiment of the genders and gender roles and breaking down what really holds us back and just all of this stuff that on paper might sound nice and you guys might realize as i continue to talk about these things cults that on paper cults and extreme religious groups may look nice because of the way that they say things, but the motivations behind them are completely malevolent. And as we keep going through audio from this episode, it will just become more and more obvious that Keith is truly just set out to manipulate these people into thinking the way that he does, specifically the way that he does about women, And kind of getting the men in this group of quote unquote protectors to control the women and it gets progressively worse and worse. So just again, before we continue, a trigger warning that some of this content may be difficult to listen to. But just rest assured, this piece of garbage is in jail now. He is there for 120 plus years, so he got what was coming to him. If that helps any of you who may be victims of cults or narcissistic abuse or just have a heart in general and hate listening to this kind of crap and a brain in general, by the way, just rest assured that this man was punished for the absolute garbage that he brought into these people's lives. So this clip comes from a recording that Mark Vicente, who is a documentarian and was also one of Keith's closest friends and I guess victims, not I guess, he definitely was a victim of Keith's. Uh, Keith was essentially making a propaganda documentary for this organization, and he just has loads and loads of film of Keith talking. That's where a lot of this audio comes from and how the documentary has it. And this clip is basically Keith's thoughts on abuse and how people respond to abuse. And again, just trigger warning that this is not going to be fun to listen to, but I think it's necessary that we do.
1: So abuse is is a made-up human construct. And a lot of times, the screaming of abuse is abuse in itself. How we illustrate human nobility, how we are noble, is to get rid of the concept of victim like that. There are things that are terribly wrongful. But the person receiving it only decides they're a victim if they accept that.
0: So that is obviously extremely problematic. And again, just such a perfect example of gaslighting and manipulating happening in what is presented as an educational kind of scientific group experiment. And the levels of narcissism that a person has to have to say that people only experience abuse if they choose to experience and react to the wrongdoings done unto them, it just reeks of lack of emotional stability and understanding, lack of empathy. And it, it also just makes no sense. He speaks in circles in order to confuse the people that are listening to him, to get them kind of stuck in this charm and awe of this persona that he's putting on. And at the end of the day, Keith Ranieri is just a guy who has clearly some very intense mommy issues and who also has never been to a legitimate session of therapy in his life, comes from an MLM or multi-level marketing background before he got into starting his own cult where he scammed people out of their money and lied to them and just caused all around harm. And now he sits here telling people that they are only the victims of abuse, if they choose to be the victims of abuse. Does that sound like a scientific experiment on the human psyche, or does that sound like a con artist and a narcissist who is trying to dodge all of the blame, all of the responsibility, and also project their insecurities and problems onto others? the rate at which this happens all over the world. Cults exist all over the world. And the rate at which it happens is phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. People are so desperate, especially people who come from, and I touched on this in the last episode, again, broken backgrounds. They're emotionally damaged or scarred in some way. They've been through trauma. They had a childhood that left them feeling unfulfilled. They were born into a situation where maybe they either had to work all the time and not had a childhood, or they never had to work at all because they were so privileged and they just were seeking something more meaningful. And that is a lot of what the people who joined Nexium were looking for. Privileged, especially white women looking for a place to aspire to something greater because they never really had to worry about that. And now they're at a point in their lives where they want to, and they're roped into this abuse. And because of their lack of self-love and fulfillment and learning boundaries, they are victims of horrible, horrible abuses, sexual abuse and Physical abuse and just emotional turmoil that no one should have to go through on behalf of somebody else. And it gets really, really dark in a lot of these situations, especially in this cult. I mean, when you get down to the nitty gritty details of this thing, you're talking immigration fraud, like I said, slavery, kidnapping, sex trafficking. I mean, this shit is really, really horrifying yet the mask on all of it is we're doing this because we want to fulfill this greater purpose in life and we are on a mission. And you'll notice if you watch this, no one ever really says what the mission is. No one ever really says what they're working so hard toward. It's just the mission. Well, in almost all of these situations, the mission is just to please the person that started this group in the first place. The mission is to do whatever they say to feed their ego. Cult leaders are trying to build a foundation of never-ending narcissistic supply. And a lot of times they're very, very successful in this. Keith uses a popular tactic in a lot of his lectures, if you can even call them that. I call them more like brainwashing sessions where he is admitting flaws and he is pointing out how men and women are lacking, you know, that utopia kind of fulfillment of what gender roles could be. And the reason he's doing this is to get his victims feeling like they can relate to him in some way. Because in a weird way, in the weirdest possible way maybe, the more he kind of exposes little by little some of his flaws and then turns around and touts himself as this genius and this scientist and this human experimenter basically, this revolutionary, visionary person, the more he talks about that. And then just here and there, a little tiny bit exposes some of his flaws and says, Hey, not all of us are perfect. Look at me. Even I've done these things. The more his followers feel bonded to him. It's almost like when you're reading a magazine and you turn to like the celebrities, they're just like us page. And you're like, oh my God, I just had that drink at Starbucks, but they also live in a $10 million mansion. Look, I feel kind of connected to them in a certain way. It's the same concept. But in my opinion, people that feel connected to celebrities over sharing the stupid kind of Starbucks drink, the same drink as they drink, they lack self fulfillment, they lack self love. And those are the types of people that Keith. Has targeted his entire life up until the point that he was just recently put in prison. People that do not have self esteem and come from abusive backgrounds, or like I said, backgrounds where they didn't really have a lot of fulfillment and they need to find something to work toward. That is how cults get started. It is somebody who is finding particular people who are easily manipulated into. Doing whatever it takes to please others. And the leader of these groups usually has a feeling of personal grandiose and they think that they are revolutionary minds, they think differently than everybody they know how to break others down and build themselves up. And like I said, break themselves down just a little bit too, to make you feel like you can kind of relate to them. But then they'll just skyrocket off your plane again and leave you feeling kind of ashamed and like, man, I wish I was good enough to resonate on their level. This is the classic tactical strategy of most cult leaders. The final piece of audio that I want to share is from, again, the same episode, episode eight of The Vow. And it just highlights what Keith's ultimate goal in all of this is. And this is in the progression of this group that he's formed. He's gotten all of these people under his wing, believing these things that he has taught them about Women being the weaker sex and the inferior sex, and how men are contributing to that happening, and getting everyone believing that they are stuck in this cycle of shame and sin and malicious behavior, and that they somehow have to redeem themselves. And the way they're going to redeem themselves is through following Keith's beliefs and following his program, because remember, he's touted himself to be. A scientist, a person with the highest IQ in the world. And he, you know, told them all of these ridiculous things, like he learned three languages before he could learn how to write, and which is just absurd. And he has roped all of these people into this image of what he wants to be. And through that he is now about to preach some absolute garbage. But my goal in sharing this is just to highlight how extreme these high control groups, high mind control groups can get. And I just want to share it, not to glorify anything or to trigger anybody, but just to share with you how demented this person truly is and how twisted they're trying to make other people feel internally, perpetually. They want, Keith in this instance, wants his followers to just feel shame all the time and to constantly be redeeming themselves to him. And that's what you're about to hear in this clip.
1: How are you going to get respect being gimme, 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 gimme? When all of the guys perceive themselves as we're lifting the weight. You say, well, look, I go out there and I do this and I do that. I I can be just as good as you. No, you can't. You can't be as good as men. You know why? We won't let
0: you. So as you guys can guess what I'm about to say, that is just appalling and complete garbage. And it is the absolute epitome of gaslighting and shaming. And Keith is so successful in this. He's been doing this for decades. When things start to come out about him, you find out that he has been conning people in one way or another his entire life. He's never really had a true job. His job has been manipulating people. His job has been being a narcissist and getting away with, on a smaller scale, this type of manipulation. But in this cult in particular, he escalated his narcissistic abuse to horrific crimes and affected thousands upon thousands of lives, scammed people out of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. And he does it all without any remorse, without any emotion. And that is something called a narcopath. And a narcopath is a narcissist and a sociopath or a psychopath all rolled into one. And this is an extremely dangerous combination. It's something that is not really talked about much in the the true crime world. It's not a term that you hear very often, unless you're following the certain accounts on Instagram, if you're really in this narcissist abuse, you know, survivor world. Um, but a narcopath is just a horrifying, horrifying person to be around. And Keith is an even worse combination. And that is a somatic narcopath, meaning that he is a sex addicted, narcissist sociopath. And it may seem like I'm being hyperbolic or, you know, just exaggerating, but you listen to clips of audio from him and he turns into whatever the person in front of him needs him to be. And he also will find people's deepest, darkest shames and secrets and insecurities, lift them up, tell them that they are beautiful and special no matter what, that he needs them around to support his cause, that they are going to be part of this movement. And then guess what happens every time they pick up their lives for Keith. In some cases, women moved across the country for him and they get into this group and their entire lives change because he negs them when they get there. He brushes them off. He tries to make them feel like, you know, out of all the people here, you're the least significant. And if they try to say, you know, hey, Keith, um, I thought we were going to have that conversation today about, you know, the thing we were talking about on the phone before I came out here. And, you know, I thought that you wanted me to film you and, you know, all these things. He would actively ignore them. Like just seriously, sometimes people talk about him just walking away mid conversation so that he can get you on this kind of like insecure defense mode where you're like, but wait, he said this, but well, you know, he is really, really busy. And he has all these people here. And he's just so smart. And like, I'm just so lucky to be a part of this group. And I just need to wait my turn. And he wants you to be broken down like this over and over and over again, until you are seriously just living to serve him. And the last thing I want to talk about before I end this episode is kind of on that note of serving these leaders. I want to talk about the tactics that are used uh, to get people to join cults and just some red flags to look out for. And this is just going to be a really brief overview. I want to go into a much deeper dive. maybe next episode. I'm not really sure. I'm trying to schedule a couple of interviews with people that have had experiences and I'm in the process of sending emails back and forth and scheduling those. So I'm not really sure what the next episode's going to be. It's just going to depend on everyone's schedule. But, um, like I said, I just want to end this episode on some things to look out for when you do encounter these types of groups. So the first red flag that I want to talk about is when you join one of these groups and the followers are told that the leaders or founders or even singular leader or founder is always right and that those who ask questions or stir up any kind of, you know, dissent or basically question this person's uh, principles and teachings their loyalty is put into question and they're often punished for this usually with stuff like silent treatments or you know if you're living in a commune type of situation and you guys are sharing meals and cooking for each other maybe your portions are a little bit smaller or maybe you're not allowed to sleep on your bed that night you have to sleep on the floor or you have to restrict your calories more the next day or whatever it may be and on the darker note it could be more harsh sexual abuse or physical abuse than is already happening. But basically a group that does not allow open debate and dissent and conversation is most likely a cult. And the second red flag I want to talk about is the deceptive recruitment tactics that these groups use. And usually these groups are going to kind of tout an idea about spirituality, financial success, social success. And because of this, they are typically able to lure people in that are lacking these things. And it's going to be marketed as a space to expand your potential and become your highest, most purposeful self. And basically, uproot your life, abandon everything you know, and start living this way. And everything that you thought was going to be wrong in your life forever is going to be fixed. It's just all of these really open-ended, you know, kind of general promises that turn out to be completely impossible to keep. And the last red flag that I want to talk about is the tactic of isolation. And this one may be one of the most dangerous because the moment that you're cut off from dissenting opinion is the moment that you are trapped in an echo chamber that is really, really hard to escape. And cults can really only continue to operate if the leaders do everything they can to keep their members loyal and obedient. And when someone attempts to leave the group, they are often threatened with you know financial consequences. They're cut off from their family members. they're labeled as uh you know dissenters or every cult labels uh people that leave as different things uh suppressors. I think it's a Scientologist one you know just all of these kind of odd words to attribute to people that just don't agree with you anymore and want to live their life differently. And these tactics are used to make you afraid to leave because in a lot of cases, the cult becomes your entire world. It becomes everything you know and love and your friends and your family are there and your holidays are based off of these practices. And, you know, it's just, it's embedded in you. It's ingrained in you. And it's really difficult to uproot your entire life again and come back to the people that may have broken away from you while you were into this group and, you know, just to get your life back on track again. And it leaves a lot of people feeling really ashamed. And that's another reason they don't want to leave is because they're going to be embarrassed about what they got stuck in. And, you know, the shame of that as admitting to people that you followed this thing that was just really harmful and based on lies is not something that anybody wants to do. Nobody goes in thinking that they're joining a cult, you know, no one goes in thinking that they're going to be brainwashed and willing to be. And it's, like I said earlier, a lot more common than you might Think. And I again am setting up some interviews with people, and just the short stories that I've heard so far that I want to dive deeper into are completely incredible. You know, some people are telling me things that I just can't even imagine dealing with, going through. And I just am really so thankful that some listeners feel safe in coming to me and telling me their stories. And just like I end every episode, I want to remind everybody where to find me and how to reach out if you do have something that you would like to share or any feedback that you would like to give me. The Instagram for the podcast is The Narcissism Podcast, just like it's spelled out in your feed. And the email for the podcast is The Narc Pod. That's the N-A-R-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. And I just want to say thank you again to those of you that have reached out with feedback, that have given me some tips about audio. I hope that it's getting better for you guys. I am learning very slowly, but I think we're getting there. And I just appreciate anything that you think could make the show a little bit better if you want to contribute a story. Again, this is a safe space, no judgment, and I will always have open ears to you guys. That's what I am here for. So, um, I want to just end on a note of positivity as always. Courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. And that's from Mark Twain. And I just want to tell you all to have courage moving into the end of this year. I know it's been a really long, tough year for a lot of us, but it's okay to be scared of the rest of the year. It's okay to have fears on a small or large scale. It's normal to have intrusive thoughts, scary thoughts thoughts that you don't know what to do with. The courage is resistance to that fear and not letting it run your life. Living in spite of that fear, it's mastering that feeling that you can't do it, that you're overwhelmed, that there are things that you can't accomplish. It is not ignoring those fears. And the goal is not to live without fear. But just to learn how to live through it. And I know it's been again, a really long year for all of us and there's a lot going on. It seems like every day it just piles on to stuff that you haven't been able to deal with yet. But I hope that in these episodes, you're able to find some time for solace and reflection and maybe some empowerment. And at the end of the day, I just want you guys to not feel so alone. So on that note, I will be here next week for the next episode.